0: Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee, and welcome to Living in the Light. Here on the podcast, we share our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters. With God, even the brokenness has incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. As I shared in the last episode, in just a few weeks, we are kicking off our season four, can you believe it's season four, summer series that I am calling Hope in the Light. It'll be a season of encouragement from a few friends of mine, some artists and creatives, as well as a handful of ministry leaders and writers who share their stories and their wisdom that I know is gonna be impactful for all of us As we journey through the summer together, it'll all be centered around hope, how to live our lives in light of the eternal hope that we have in Jesus. But until then, for the next few weeks, I'm sharing a few bonus episodes with you. Today, we continue our series of summer bonus episodes with Scott Erickson. Scott is a touring painter, performing artist, and creative curate who mixes autobiography, Aesthetics and comedic narrative to create experiences that speak to our deepest stories. He's the co author of Prayer, 40 Days of Practice, and May It Be So, the author of Honest Advent, a spiritual director to brave women and men, and a professional dishwasher for his food blogging wife. This husband and father of three was a trained painter who quit a teaching job at age 27 to pursue art full time. At 40, after years of successfully making a living and supporting his family as a studio artist, Scott found himself uncontrollably sobbing in the bathroom, mourning the loss of a dream. Having realized what he was really passionate about, performing in front of, and interacting with an audience, he was mourning the identity he spent his life pursuing and was faced with the choice to say yes to the life that awaited him on the other side of his lost dream or to give up on himself. Now he asks the question, what are you free to do because your dream died? Today we spend some time talking about his book and message called Say Yes, Discover the Surprising Life Beyond the Death of a Dream. And we lean into why it matters to know who we are, why we are here, and how the future bursts with possibilities if we're willing to say yes to the gift of life on the other side of a death of a dream You're going to love today's episode. Here's my conversation with Scott Erickson. Uh, well, Scott, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I'm honored to have you.
1: Great to be with you, Laura.
0: Okay. So I always ask my guests this, um, and I would love to hear how you have experienced most recently, Jesus take you from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I would like, can we define some terms? Yes. So when we say, what do we, can, can I, can I ask what you mean by Jesus? Do you mean like the presence of God? in the mm, world
0: I love these mean, questions
1: do you mean the visible version of an invisible mystery do you mean a concept do you mean the 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 voice that we find in the holy scriptures what which one or or maybe all of the above or however i want to answer that
0: yeah i think when i ask that i think of the son of god and mm-hmm. good news of jesus christ that um you know he does redeem all things in our life and is constantly taking our points of pain and brokenness and healing us and taking us quite Mm -hmm. literally from darkness and into light and that does happen you know upon salvation but then he's just constantly doing that for us uh, our whole entire lives so I mean, that is a huge question <laughs> and that's, those are very valid questions to well, pose. You're, I mean, so it could really it be any aspect question. of, of, of Jesus and his, his redemption that, um, you've experienced personally recently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: if that I'm was not, defining n- at all,
1: I, I'm not to throw it back on you, but you started with a big question. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take me out to dinner first, but like <laughs> we, um, I have spent, yeah, I've spent a lot of time with, um, with Jesus's last name with, which is Christ. So, uh, and then f- recently I spoke at a, a Christian university, which is not something I do often. And, uh, look, I'm in my forties and I've, uh, been around, it's been a couple decades since I've been in college, but they had this like talk back time. And a student asked me, he was like, when did you meet Christ? And (laughs) where I'm at now, I, that question stunned me because I was like, well, I met him, but I've always like, I couldn't answer. I was like, I think the mystery of life is like, sure. There are times where you think, oh, I discovered something, but then you find out like, well, this thing's been with me the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that is the mystery of faith. I, I think that like uh, spirituality, let's first start with prayer. Um, I did a couple of books with my friend, Justin McRoberts on prayer. And we, mm-hmm. our premise was that prayer is nothing that prayer is not getting God's attention. Prayer is the practice of awakening to the voice and work of God already that's in your life that's already happening.
0: Wow.
1: Like, for example, have you ever had this? experience when you're in your car and like a song comes on the radio and you turn up the music and you're like "ho oh, ho this is my song." What are you saying there? What you're saying is that somehow the artist lyrically and sonically perfectly described what it's like to be in your own skin. It gave you a vehicle mm-hmm. for honesty. It gave you and the, and that honesty uh that it became like a way to approach God because I think what we, I think prayer is, is the ever present ongoing interior conversation that you're having with God, the giver of existence and existence all the time. Prayer is not words or images or songs. Those are excavation tools. Prayer is what prayer is, what's happening already inside of you. It's like when you go, I know you just did this, but it's like when somebody says something, we go, Hmm, why did we do that? It's because something inside is reverberating something. Mm. What they said is excavating something out of us already. So that means there's something already happening inside. Uh, So I would take that a step farther uh, as a spiritual director and go, what is reverberating already inside is the voice and work of God. That's already happening in you. Yeah. Like, if you are, if, if there is a giver of your existence, then you are connected to that giver. See, I think the, the paradigm that I grew up in and um, and we, I don't think we need to go into it in this podcast, but we can, but as like, I, you know, and I think it's more of a power dynamic because it's like, I have something to give you. You don't have this thing. I have to give it to you. And I don't think that's the path anymore. I think the path now is, uh, is as I'm alongside people, as I spiritually direct people is to go, let's find out where God already is. Cause I think that's what mm. we're disconnected from. So wow. when we say like, what has Jesus been doing? Um, I find Jesus, I don't have to add Jesus into my life. I, and when we say Jesus, we mean, I mean, yes, there's a historical Christ and there is like this, the one seated at the right hand of God, all of this, but there's also this, like the idea of the Christ is like, the the word all things were made through him all things exist because of him so there's this interwovenness through the whole thing so then what we're paying attention to is like well where is that happening what am i being drawn into what am i being asked to transform into those kinds of things so uh what i have been in my job as an artist uh and i know you get this is i I really, at least the place where I'm at in my career right now, is I've seen the spirit lead me to this place where I'm like I'm really a listener. So I'm always like, what is, mm. um, what what can I uniquely do in this moment? And what and yeah. and and really, it's a lot of prayer and just being aware and listening, and then taking dictation from that silence. And uh, so right now, I am engaged with uh, a visual work where I'm meditating on what is the resurrection and how do we practice that? Is the resurrection something that happened just back then a long time ago, or is it still happening today? And what does it mean to experience resurrection? What does it mean to practice that? Cause I think a lot of our definition of resurrection is like, well, I'm not going to die. And it's like, <laughs> well, you are, um, everybody does. And, uh, and so maybe there's something on the other side of that. I'm not in charge of that. If there, if, That's, that's a whole conversation. So, but what we see with like these people after Jesus's resurrection is they had all of these perspective changes throughout, Mm -hmm. like they were all of a sudden like, no, I'm, this is, I thought this is what happening. That's not what's happening. I thought this is who I was. That's not who I am. Um, I thought, uh, I thought it was all going to be like this. This is not how it's going to be. And so that I'm wondering, Kim, are we still involved in that same thing? Does resurrection, is it still happening to us? um and how is that and then and and again to come back to this question is like that is the work and voice of god that's already happening in our lives that we're paying attention to. Mm. So that's 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 what i'm engaged in right now amongst uh toddler care and a lot of wow, dishes. Wow
0: wow. <laughs> wow. I, I feel like i could just like push stop record and that's there's podcast <laughs> um big
1: question big answers. But, there we go.
0: Yeah, i mean like even the the word even the word light means so many things, you know, like, yeah, like you're even saying in the listening, in the listening, like God's bringing to light, what these things even mean and helping you, helping you ponder them and discover. Mm -hmm. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's so much of um, our life and our walk with him. It's like, we never, someone said to me yesterday, the process is the answer. And it really, oh, it really uh-huh. blew my mind
1: <laughs> just
0: how, right. yeah, how prone to want to like arrive or get to or achieve that we are, but the process is the answer. Um, okay. I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. I'm really encouraged by how you just merge your giftings and the, the creative capacity. That's like this. Phrase that keeps coming into my head, but um, your creative capacity to walk um, in in your calling as a spiritual director and to just helping other people discover, you know, um, discover things for themselves in their own walk with the Lord. So my question is, how have you seen? How have you seen the Lord move through your rising as a disciple of Jesus, leaning fully into this creative capacity?
1: Well, I always I think that I think one of the main uh, journeys of your spiritual journey is, and I talk about a little bit about this in my book, is Mm -hmm. um, is you for a long time you work for identity, and then you learn that your work that the whole goal is that you would work from identity, Mm -hmm. Um, and identity is found mostly when everything's been stripped away from you. (laughs) So, so it's usually comes through the death of an ego, um, circumstances, Mm -hmm. uh, a confrontation with the inevitable loss of all things. Um, I mean, I do think love, I mean, father Richard Rohr says transformation only comes through love or suffering. So, I mean, love can, love can bring us, can obliterate all our faculties as well in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the at the at the deep bottom of you is a is a room with two chairs and and it's you and the giver of you and the conversation eventually leads to who am i and the answer is you are my beloved and it's mm. from that place that you begin to work from so uh now <clears throat> that journey has taken a long time for me but I found I had this interesting moment where I found myself in obscurity uh, uh, s- obscurity looked like uh, I had lost my studio space when I lived in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'd stopped being involved with this church community before that I had been laid off from my design or design job at a design agency. And uh, some friends of mine ran this small church and they gave me like some basement space. And I built out a little studio in this basement. And there was no windows. They kept the garbage down there once a week. And so <laughs> a lot of scented candles. And, uh, and I found myself in my late 30s, like not involved with anything, um, not involved with anybody, just sitting in a room by myself. And uh, the conversation in obscurity is this one, which is, what do you want to say? Scott, what do you want to say? Not what is somebody else saying? Uh, What is this group saying? What, what do you want to say? And when I sat there, I, uh, and from my place of belovedness, I was like, I feel like the culture that I'm in, the way they talk about God doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Um, I just, feel like there's a better way to talk about it. So I want to talk about it differently. The art associated with that conversation is rubbish. <laughs> so I would like to make something that's helpful mm-hmm. and dynamic and contextually makes sense. And, uh and I, I didn't have this language back then, but uh what I, what the last thing was, I want to make uh weird liturgies, meaning I want to make like ceremonies about rituals and um, transformational gatherings about, the mystery of what it means to be here. Um, and all the weird things about that. So, uh, that's what I started endeavoring to do. And, um, and that has like, that's why I'm like talking to you today is because I had that conversation, um, in that place of obscurity, which then, you know, (laughs) sorry. Um, (laughs) my son is yelling from the other joining us. (laughs) What Jones? Oh my gosh. Nothing going on. Just, just a cartoon lion on the screen. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Um, that I'm very, that, that is where, like, I feel like in that place of obscurity, God was like, um, led me to that place to be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, speak, speak to your journey with me. Um, Mm. show it like constant it always comes up in every journal of mine, but it's just like what I hear mostly consistently over the years is just show us what you see, show people what you see. And, uh, from, from that. So I, so I have to, um, you know, I'm smoking what I'm selling. I have, I have to have like a secret life with God that then not that I, I pine all my uh, content from, but like it informs what I'm talking about. Um, because we all know so many people can say so many things and then we find out um, they have no life with God. So that's, uh, so I try to, uh, that's, so that's where that comes from.
0: Hey friend, Laura Lee here. Did you know that I send out a weekly email newsletter? Be sure and subscribe to the Rise Collective newsletter. This newsletter goes out every Tuesday with a few words from me, links to the new podcast episode and the episode show description as well as updates from the Rise Collective ministry in ways that you can be a part of the work God is doing in the lives of women following Jesus all around the world. Consider it a little love letter that I drop in your email each week. Subscribe at the link in the show description. I'm excited to share that I have written our very first original Rise Collective Bible study that we will be launching this summer. Join us for Hope and Holiness, a study through the book of 1 Peter, There will be online discipleship groups happening in Rise Collective Women Online, as well as discipleship groups to participate in our community in New York City. There's a link in the show description if you wanna learn more about how to join us for Hope and Holiness, a study through 1 Peter. Now back to my conversation with Scott. So most recently, Scott, you wrote a new book called Say Yes. Mm how did you find yourself on the journey to saying yes to writing this book?
1: Yeah. Well, it came from, um, some practices, uh, mental health and spiritual practices I had to develop just to kind of keep going. Um, I had this moment where I was brought to tears from something I didn't realize what was happening. And that Mm -hmm. was the way I would describe it as like a death of a dream. There was like, I started getting in touch with who I wanted to be in the world. And I felt very far from that. And I was like, well, how do I keep going and was had a lot of depression and suicidal ideation. And I needed to figure out how to confront these like arguments that were very strong. And so I started, um, I figured some out and I started implementing them for a number of years and they really worked for me. And then I started talking about it and uh, eventually kind of put it into a creative performance. Which I to tu- which I toured for about a year and a half, uh, like seventy five shows, and then the pandemic hit. But right before the pandemic hit, uh, a publisher, an acquisition editor, came and saw it and was like, "This is a book." And so, um, so during the pandemic, I made it into a book, um, illustrated it, and wrote it and uh, put wow. that together. So then now I'm back to trying to do shows. I mean, I have a very full and dynamic life of a wife who's super successful and I've got three kids. So
0: wow. touring, touring is praise is God. A,
1: Touring is like a, it's hard. No. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice word to mean like a series of shows kind of around the same time. <laughs> like, it's really yeah. like <laughs> I booked here and I booked here and I booked here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, so what, what say yes came from and what it's about, uh, It's, it's about the spectrum of giving up, which is, which suicide is on there. Um, but also like, so is binge watching something every single night because you don't want to have the conversation, you know, you need to have, it's also on that spectrum is like opening a bottle Mm -hmm. or tapping your phone endlessly to numb the pain that keeps calling your name day after day. It's all the ways that like, it's all the ways that you can give up on yourself you can die while still being alive. You can kill yourself while still being around. Um, and why is that? What is what is the deep pain that we don't want to deal with? And then what is the spiritual conversation with that? I wanted, like, Say Yes the show, uh, one of the muses was like, I want to make a church service about suicide because I've never been to one. And I knew that if it was a church service about suicide and it was so like I was like, it can't be so boring that you'd want to kill yourself while you're watching it. Like mm-hmm. meaning like because so many like uh, sacred ceremonies can just be so boring and like in and, and you're just there and like, is this even about real life? And um, so I knew that it had to be like a comedy and a storytelling show and an art show and and a group mm-hmm. sing along and weird stuff. And um because that the conversation of our life is, is, is all those things. Our conversation mm-hmm. of our life is like sacred moments and like fart jokes at the same time. And <laughs> like, I think the first line of the book I is like, well, what we all know is like life is a mixture of sacred moments while letting a little fart out at the same time. Wow. <laughs> like it is like, it, it is, we are this mixture of like soul and, and body. Um, and, and it is a, it is a funny miracle. So, um, that's what, uh, so that's where the book came from is yeah. from this experience of doing it with an audience. And then the translating into a book is a, is a very different process. Um, but I think I, for me, I was like, I, I successfully did it. I made the book I hoped it could be so, um, yeah,
0: but it is okay. this like
1: deeper conversation about kind of a layer of things.
0: Wow. Wow. I just love your perspective. And someone said to me the other day. Um, seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I, that is like stuck in my mind of just like, we need to laugh at ourselves more often and just like look in the mirror and think about like, we just take ourselves too seriously, you know? That is so
1: funny because I, I have ended up on, like I was at this thing in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which was great, but it was this like spiritual gathering and stuff. And I was like, I swear every single speaker for the first couple hours would just get up and be like, guys, let's just get in touch with, uh, with God right now. (laughs) Just, I was like, is that the only mode that we can relate to God is like lispiness and whispering? Mm. Like, come on. Like, I understand like getting focused and centered, but like, Mm. is not God present with like the jokes and the hilarity and, uh, anyways yes. yes so serious seriousness is a fruit of the spirit joy uh, yeah that's great that's really funny
0: yeah we need every voice don't we we need every yeah. kind we need the wispy we need the comedic we need the <laughs> yes. god yes. just speaks through us all um okay yeah. so in the book you describe saying yes as a liturgy to not give up on yourself uh-huh. um elaborate on that what do you mean by that I think about the listeners who a lot of them are performing artists um, Mm -hmm. and find themselves creating. I mean, me being one of them. Yeah. Creating. And I just hear a lot of artists constantly doubting whether what they're creating is good. Um, So many of them feeling stuck in the journey creating, Mm -hmm. and this just speaks right into that. So how would you encourage the person watching or listening not to give up on themselves?
1: Well, so the sh- the live show is called The Liturgy of Not Giving Up on Yourself because I involve 30 audience members. So a liturgy just means the work of the people. It's the elements to a ceremony, mm. to a ritual. Yeah. It-, it is the, because there are basic elements to every transformational uh, gathering. From like ch- church doesn't own the rights to it. Church just implements it. Church, like a church service just implements the things that are Transformational, which for me, I think there's four things. Um, it's it's subjective. It's not objective, but yeah. like a storytelling is transfer. When somebody gets up and shares their story, yeah, Um yeah. that's tra- um, music of some kind. And don't get me like. I'm not, I'm not talking about like worship styles and stuff. I'm just talking about like, like, you know, beating drums. Like there's something from the beginning of human existence. There's a beat and there's a chorus and there is, and there is like, like, you know, we are all kind of like, is, is life physical going on? It should be like, you know, like it is yeah. like a musical is something we intuitively really like, we should be singing songs throughout our lives. So <laughs> like, cause it's yeah. like, and it's the place to like go, I think this is kind of what life is like, but we're going to exaggerate <laughs> it a bit. It's true. Um, yes so there is this like musical thing that's transformational um i think gift giving not necessarily like money or stewardship although that is but like, like a place to offer and a place to corporately from that even just being like hey um those people need help can we pool our resources and help them like so some place that we g- g- the gift is given and passed on and mm. then um a release of shame, which traditionally in the Catholic or Christian tradition is like confession of sin, but like a, but like been in a comedic, Room is like when the comedian tells their secrets, it is relieving to the audience. There's yeah. a bit of like a religious ceremony. It's like, oh, you said your secrets. Now I feel relieved of mine as well. So that's there's some kind of release of the shame. Um, and I think those are the elements of transformation. So I tried to um, implement that and say yes. Now in a book form, obviously it's just me and then whoever the reader is. So. Um, Early, early subtitles, as I wanted to call it, like, because I was like, well, a liturgy doesn't work in a book form because a liturgy is something that's happening in real time. But I was like, the closest thing I could think about was like a illuminated manuscript or a hymnal was better, a hymnal for not giving up on yourself. But it's not a musical book, so it didn't work out. So anyways, uh So I tried to, uh, in the book form, offer questions, illustrations, the excavation tools that I can implement to have you as the reader go, how are you participating in this story, this narrative that we're, that we're walking through? Um, And then I think, so for those, so. so, Yeah. Okay. Adorable. Wow. (laughs) Just walked in with a scone. Hey Jones. his, His, uh, a uh, Paw Patrol pajamas. <laughs> yeah. So for those who are in, who are listening, who you reference to, the artist and the creative, look, I, I get this a lot, you know, and I, I know from a visual standpoint, and I'll get a lot of like graphic designers who are like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything like, you know, I'm just like making pamphlets or, you know, magazine things. And I don't know if that's doing anything for the gift of the world. And it's like, I just, first of all, I think we could take a little bit of our pressure off to go, everything we make has to be like, world changing and super sacred and divine, like you need a job. And if this is paying, if this is paying for your rent and for food and that's great. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's a tremendous gift to do creative work in the world and, um, to get paid to do it. I do think that what we could, what we could maybe clue in on and go deeper in is like, well, what, what have you what are you seeing that is resonating within you that's inviting you to do that too? Um, is it like maybe there's some avenue of self-expression that you haven't done because of time or your fear or whatever. Um, this is where in the book I get into like, uh, how to be a contribution. Um, and one of the ways is like gratitude, which is focusing on what we love and why. And then, um, noticing like how we can uniquely be a convergence of things. So mm. this really helped me creatively. Um, and I'll, I'd like to offer it to you. The listener is that, uh, you know, there was a time in creative work where you could know one thing and you could make a living doing that. Mm. Um, I guess that was happening in like the seventies and eighties, but like now <laughs> um, that maybe not for actors and stuff. Cause you, you've always kind of had to know how to sing and dance and act, but um, there. I met a a guy in the film industry. He's like, you could know one thing and you could make it. But now he's like, I have to know so many things in the film industry. So there's this bit of like, are we ever going to be a master of anything? We're going to be a master of nothing. And then I learned this concept from my friends, Jeff Goins, who stole it from somebody else. But it's this Mm -hmm. idea of like, Um, You do need to know a lot of things. And so if you can imagine a circle of like things making a circle and you're not a master of any of those things, but what you become a master of is how those things uniquely converge in you. Mm what you become a master of is the way that you uniquely bring together all those things, you know, how to do all the things you love is, is really what I would say is like, you love editing, you love musicals, you love illustrations, you love these things. Well, how do you uniquely bring those together? That is what, um, that is what you become a master of. And so uh, when I, and that took me some time to figure out that um, which is now kind of doing these like live events which is for me, it's like public speaking. Yeah. I love everything I do always has uh, some kind of liturgical karaoke because, (laughs) because Mm. I'm, I love karaoke and I'm not a good singer. I'm a, I'm a fine. I'm a I'm a, I can't make a profession as a singer, but mm-hmm. I can, but karaoke isn't about singing. You can it's about sing.
0: it's
1: yes. about playing the audience and, and like having a good time. Um, but I'm an illustrator, so I can bring that. I can make stuff live. So it's like, I'm bringing all of my unique things. Wow. Yeah. None of them are like, am I the best singer? Am I the best drawer? Am I the best communicator? No, but I am the best at bringing them all together in my unique way. And that mm. is how I do it. So I think that's the invitation is going is going not how do I become like them or how to become like them or how to become the next version. It's like, well, what are they mirroring in me that I really like? And what, you know, like when I saw the podcast radio lab and they did a live show and they came through Portland when I lived there and the whole time I was in the audience and I was like, this is everything I want to do. I wanted like tell stories. I wanted, they had like a band on stage. They had these like puppets and art happening. And I was like, you can do this. Oh my God, I want to do this. And then I saw like comedians do these like long form one man shows. And it was like, Oh my gosh, you can do that. And then like, I, you know, I just like, yeah. what, what, but see, it's reflecting something that's already happening in me. And that's what we need Mm -hmm. to get and pay attention to. That's what our deepest longing or desire is, is, is kind of calling out in us. So I, but I think the first step is like getting in touch with like your loves and then what it is you hope to like, what could you uniquely bring together? I yeah, think that's where yeah. we're asking. How does yeah. that, what, t- uh, like feedback, comments, <laughs> queries, pushbacks? What do you think about that, Laura?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, so I went to the If Gathering Women's Conference in Texas this past weekend. And oh yeah, um, I'm always really compelled when I hear Dr. Kurt Thompson um, speak. He's and great. And he talks a lot about like creating and how we are like innately, you know, created to create and to being, bring beauty to the world. And um, I think what I think about when you talk about merging all these things that are already inside of us is um, when I ask this question, you know, I think that we just experience a lot of doubt and. Um, the the enemy doesn't want us to create because we are bringing beauty to the world and we're doing what God has put in us, in us to do. So I'm really encouraged. And I know a lot of the people listening probably are too, that, you know, all of these things are what like we were created to bring, to bring that to the world. And it is, it does bring us joy. Like you were saying, I love karaoke. Like I love, Um, illustrations I love and all of those loves bring us joy and they bless people around us when we are just walking in it fully and fearlessly and believing that, you know, that's, that's our ministry. That's our life. That's the the uniqueness too. Like I love that you said unique that um, that's so much of our generation's problem, right? That we're just constantly looking to the right and to the left and seeing like everybody's uniqueness and just wondering like if our uniqueness is, um, you know, it's going to be different than everybody around us. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We live in a massive culture of comparison. Yeah. More than any, more than any human beings that have ever existed Yeah, because of our technologies and our screens and our phones. And we can watch if we want to, we can watch all kinds of human lives, curated human lives unfold. And it's very interesting and addicting. Um, Mm. But the stats are in. We've been doing this long enough that we actually have data and it's making us miserable and less uh, uh happy with our lives, and it's making us literally kill ourselves. So we're figuring that out, but um, this is one of the practices that I yeah. have. So there's like three arguments and three practices. Yes. And um, you beat me to
0: the question, Tell Yeah, us. The,
1: the second argument was you suck and are ugly, is the way that I would say it, which is just like oh. you're not uh you don't have what it takes and there's something wrong with you that you're not in charge of that. You can't, that's always going to hold you back. Hmm. Um, and it is the, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not skilled enough. I don't have the right face. I don't have the right voice. I don't have the right, whatever, whatever it is. We all have these lists and the way, uh, the, the practice, the pivot, the counter argument to that, that I implement pretty much every day multiple times a day is, is I, when I get in a comparative narrative, I stop and I go, I can be a contribution. I can be a contribution today. I am a contribution. Um, How can I be a contribution today? And what that does as you, as you uniquely and totally said is like, we're always looking around left, right, up, down, always out. And then contribution means you have to look within (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you have to uh, accept the gift of your, who you are. Um, also that you're in process, you're not, you don't have to be, this isn't, you're not done, but you're in process, but you can be a contribution where you're at today. Um, and, and that is part of that large. And then I break down contribution as like contribution as gratitude, contribution as convergence, which is that thing. And then contribution as conduit, which is something wants to come through you. Um, but we can be a contribution. And I think that's the real invitation is, um, and that's why these, it's so funny. Like we have these ancient, You know, spiritual practices like silence and solitude, which just sounds scary, but it's like silence. silence and solitude is not uh, it is disconnecting. But what you're disconnecting from is all the things that are telling you you're not good enough Mm -hmm. and what silence and solitude is like you're getting in touch with what the real is the real about you the 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 conversation that's happening that you just are so distracted from and about how you really feel about being here, about who you are. Like you didn't get to choose your incarnation. You didn't get to choose when you got to appear in existence. You appeared in a body, in a family that you had no choice in. And I think the deep question, and this is why Say Yes is like all these layers. It's like practical things to move forward, but it's also like these deeply existential questions, which is like, do you think that we all, we all know that life is a miracle. There's data for that. You know, it took Mm -hmm. a really, really, really long time and incalculable odds for all of us to be here right now, just purely by how the, the earth is situated around the sun. Like the, the universe is void of life in a lot of ways. So it's a miracle that we're all here, but our, and we know that, but I also think all of us go, yeah, but sometimes the miracle feels like a curse And sometimes the miracle really sucks. And if there's a giver of that suckiness, does it have anything to say about why it sucks so bad? And I think that is the deeply spiritual conversation we also need to have. Um, And uh, because that's going to come up. When I was dealing with my own mental health and depression and suicide stuff, I was working with a therapist and she was like, you need to start a physical activity because um, getting into your body really helps with your mental state and stuff. And so I started doing this running routine. But I remember on one of my runs I was just like, "Well, why the hell am I running?" <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, I feel better, but what is the purpose of like why do I even want to be here though? You know, I I had this like mental pra- mental health practice, but then it, I hit onto this like spiritual conversation. And that's mm-hmm. why I am like mental health practices and spiritual practices are kind of the same thing. They're very intertwined. And and I think this even we could, so we could take this like physicality, but even vocationally, what we're saying is like, well, why would I show up for work? What do I think is the work that I'm doing? Like, I, you know, I don't know much about you and you don't, you know, you know a little bit about me, but like, you're, you're part of a Broadway musical right now. Right. You didn't write it. You're you're you're, but you're there, you're working. Um, So you're, you're saying somebody else's line, but you're, implementing that through you you are present you are with people you're doing this thing like uh and i think you've had to ask why why am i doing this probably joy uh probably like it pays bills and what a way to pay bills uh (laughs) you know there's it it reflects a deeper thing you're on a journey maybe you'll get maybe this is like part of the thing that's leading you to eventually do something that you your own thing i don't know you know like we don't know but like it's these kinds of like deeper conversations about like who I am. Am I loved? Is this a blessing or a curse? Is this a miracle to receive? I got to receive the gift of who I am. And then from that is like how I live and do all these things and be a contribution, uh, be a person who's in process, be something that something wants to come through all of these things. Mm. (laughs) Sorry. That was a little bit of a, a,
0: no, it's so good. Um, yeah, so I think what comes to mind after you share that is um so I was in the Broadway production Mean Girls uh before mm-hmm. the pandemic and then our show shut down um yeah. during the pandemic didn't come back after the fact so okay. um I actually really experienced The Death of a Dream in yeah. in that time um, especially because it came that blessing came on un, very unexpected and lasted mm. such a short period of time. And then I found mm. myself in this place of, you know, I may never get it back. There's this obscurity of, I don't know how long this death is going to last. Maybe there is life to it. Maybe yeah. this is just for, this was just some life in this box, you know, for a period of time. And if so, that's good. And that, you know, is a gift in itself. And, um, but there's—I uh, don't know if you've heard of Every Moment Holy, the liturgies with mm-hmm. illustrations. It's a liturgy yeah. book, and yeah. they have a—they um, have a liturgy called "The Death of, Death of a Dream," and right. it was a prayer that brought gave words to what I was experiencing in, in that time that um, it, it, I couldn't even really verbalize, you know. But that that liturgy and that prayer really um, brought me back to. Just being able to see that, you know, we're not, we, we never arrive at a dream, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dreams are, I don't know what they are, <laughs> but oh, I just can like, tell you. yeah, tell me, tell me, <laughs> I, I'm trying to like process this out loud and I'm not even sure. Like, what is that? You know, that we, what is dreaming?
1: Yeah. Well, the, The definition in the dictionary, which is a book about how we use words in our culture, says a cherished desire.
0: A cherished desire.
1: A cherished desire. And desire is a bit of a sexy word. Like, as it means you want something. Yeah. Desire is a bit scandalous because you're like, oh, when I talk about desire, ah, we're getting to some real stuff here.
0: Deep stuff. Yeah.
1: What I would say. So what is the difference between dream and desire? Because there's actually like a whole... Um, there's a whole traditional conversation in Christianity about desire. St. Ignatius has a whole bunch of stuff on it from the 1500s. And he actually says that the way that God speaks the loudest about your life is through your desires, that sexy word, but it takes discernment because desires can lead you to flourishing, but they can also lead you to destruction. What I think a dream is, I think a dream comes from desire, but a dream is a version of your life, yourself Mm. that doesn't have any vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities are weaknesses and limitations that come with a human life. Vulnerability is not necessarily those weaknesses and limitations themselves. It's your relationship to them. Mm. What do you feel about having weaknesses and limitations? Is it something that you think you need to be ashamed of? Is it something that dismisses you from participation? And I actually think the longer term, deeper spiritual conversation is you realize your vulnerabilities become the way in which you connect to the world, yourself, to God. It's through your weaknesses and limitations. This is Jesus going, there's this one leader who's like, I don't need, I'm I'm so glad I'm not like the sinner. I'm so perfect. I'm great. And then there's this other one's like, have mercy on me. And if we take the shame narrative out of sinner, because sinner just means a person who's not participating for a number of reasons in temple sacrifice. But like what that person, the Pharisee saying is like, I'm so glad I don't have all these problems like this person. I'm so that's just another form of atheism. Perfectionism is just another form of atheism. I don't need God. Look, I'm fine. The Versus this other one, is like, God, I understand the only way I'm connected is through mercy. Have mercy on me. Have mercy. Just keep offering me this thing. It's Mm -hmm. nothing that I'm doing. It's something that I'm receiving. So the death of a dream is the death of the version of your life, yourself, that didn't have any weaknesses or limitations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you're blowing my mind.
1: But what is underneath that is this deeper desire that's been put in you to walk. This is the divine road that you've come across from time Mm. to time. When you look back on your life, you're like, oh my gosh, I see a path. Look at there, there, here, there, I'm on a path. And then you get to your present day and you're like, and it's over. And then you look (laughs) at your future and you're like, no clue, right? (laughs) (laughs) Contribution is that slow daily work of uncovering that path that's been put in you to walk. So yeah, forces, I mean, let's, let's talk about our pain. Laura, I had this whole, I was going <laughs> to about to accomplish like some big goals right before the pandemic. I was going to, I was like a keynote speaker at a com- couple big conferences, which I was like, yeah, I had like this massive tour plan for the rest of the year. I had all of these things and the pandemic hit and it was just like email after phone call after cancellation. And just like my whole career just disappeared and, and just like yours. And it was so sad. It was this. Wasn't it the saddest? It It was was so sad. And I you moved back to where you came from. I moved to a different city where I didn't know anybody. And I had to sit. I just remember this first place re-rented. I just remember sitting in this house during the rainy season of Austin, Mm. just going, just watching my career go away and going, I don't have anything to hold on to because I don't have a house anymore. I don't have my things. I don't have my community. I've literally moved And I'm left in the devastation of my life. And that sucks. But we're, you know, and we all kind of experienced some kind of death over these last couple of years, but like, but what we still, so maybe that dream died, but what we still have is this deep desire. Now I do think you can ignore that. I do think you can push it down. I do think there's ways to like numb yourself out to it, but that is still a thing that's calling in you. So, what we bring to walking that path of desire is like, what are the, my particular vulnerabilities that allow me to do something interesting? Like, you know, it's a creative rule that what makes something interesting is the limitations that you bring to it. Just because you can use every color doesn't mean you should. Sometimes as a visual artist, it's really helpful to only choose three and just go, I can only use three colors. Just because you can sing every note doesn't mean you should. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. just because you can do everything. Doesn't mean you should, this is the creative work is we give ourselves limitations. So us, you and me, we have limitations. We have particularities, we have vulnerabilities. These actually become the unique ways that we, this is, this is our convergence. This is how we come forward. I'd also like to say like, just as you, you, and maybe you can correct me how the, your you think your story is, but like you said, how that thing worked out for Mean Girls wasn't anything you, like, It you said it happened. It sounded like you said it more happened, like, it wasn't something you made happen, it happened to you. Like, some, and maybe you tried out, but I don't know, yeah. events. something happened to you and you're like, I can't believe I got that. I can't believe that happened to me.
0: Just the, yeah, the, the quickness, you know, I wasn't in New York very long and found myself in a Broadway job, which is like a dream come true, but it's definitely not like something you expect to happen yeah. in the way in which it did.
1: I let's break that down. I can't believe that happened to me. Uh, another way of saying that is like I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I didn't know that was a possibility. Hmm. All of these, all of these statements means we're entering into uni- a universe of possibilities. I still think in your life, in my life, and those of you listening, I can't believe this is happening to me. I didn't see this coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this was a possibility. Those are all the unknowns that still lie before us. Mm -hmm. Those are all the things that are, that almost we're not in charge of. What are we in charge of? What we're in charge of is not giving up on ourselves, is not giving up on, the presence of God that's in our lives, the path of desire that's been put in us to what put in us to walk the potential for us to be a contribution wherever we want to put our love into the world. Mm -hmm. That's, and so that's what we can do. And then I can't believe that happened to me. I didn't know that was possible. I can't believe this is a possibility. Those things come from that, that, that is something we're not, this is the symbiotic relationship. What I can be in charge of is like, is, uh giving myself a lar- larger perspective of like, things will come and go, but I can still be a contribution. And that, so my, yeah, like personally, like my career went away or in that form, all those plans. And then I spent the pandemic. I mean, I got a, so I got a two book deal, which really was nice. So I spent the pandemic writing two books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, But then like things started opening up again and I was like, And honestly, I had changed so much that I was like, I don't know if I want to perform anymore. I kind of like staying at home. It's really, it's really nice sitting in this room. And I remember the, I I got asked to come and speak at a, a church in Raleigh that I'm in a good relationship with. And I was like, Hey, can I do my show like the night before? Can I just use your space? And they're like, yeah. And for me, it wasn't like I need to make money or any, it was just, I was like, do I even want to do this anymore? Because I, I had gotten touches like, this is what I want to do. And that feeling died over the pandemic. <laughs> so I was like, I, I got to see if this thing even wants to resurrect. And then I was like, I realized I was not interested in going traveling and waiting in car rental lines and all that stuff to hear myself recite lines. I was like, I want, I am I was like, can I participate in transformation? And are there people who need this? It was like, I need to know this is gonna do something for people. I was like, I just need one person to say, thank you for working hard and making this happen. So I went to Raleigh, did the show, like hundred, like 175 people showed up and it was great. I, I, It felt weird doing it again. I was like, well, I'm not the same person doing the old material. So I had to figure out how to do that. But a couple of days later, I got an email from a guy who was literally like, I was gonna, I had decided to give up on myself and I went to your thing and I'm now I'm not going to. Hmm. And, and I have that message saved. Cause I was like, that was it. I just needed one, I just needed one person to tell me it changed. It was, is meaningful to them. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do, I was like, okay, I'll sign up for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> that,
1: that thing. But so I, I went through a death, like here's the thing. This is the last practice of the book is, you are a resurrection. I'm a resurrection. You're a resurrection. Meaning we're we're people who've who've gone through death. I mean, our ultimate resurrection is going to come through our ultimate death, which is nothing we're in charge of. But we know as a cycle of life, like things begin and end and and come again. Mm. And we're in this process constantly. So when we've gone through a death, the question on the other side of that is like, well, what kind of resurrection? perspective is my son (laughs) what kind of resurrection perspective uh do i get the on the other side of death is a new set of eyes on
0: -hmm. the other side
1: of death is a new set of eyes wow and that and and i think resurrection if you look at all the people post resurrection all of their perspectives change mary's the disciples peter's thomas's Mm -hmm. the guys on the road to emmaus the whole church, (laughs) Mm. everything changed, everything, how they saw everything changed. Are we not invited into that same practice? Is that not the presence of Christ in our lives? When we participate with something dying and then we find there's a new way of seeing, a new way to contribute, is that not the fruit of the spirit? That's, I think it is, that's my premise. That's my, <laughs> that's my submission is like, I
0: think wow. Wow. Sorry. I cut you off. You said, that's my submission.
1: No, no, that's not my, I'm submitting that to the, through the book through this is like, yeah, you, you, yeah, you went, you died, you went through a kind of death, but we see that what we can, what we can take hope is as Jesus did that for us too, that we can, and he came out on the other side that, and what did he do? <sighs> full circle, tied he up. A boat. He came back to his disciples and he showed them their scars. And he said, just as I was sent, so will you be sent in the same way? Like, so you show up on the other side with your wounds, with your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses. And then those become the way in which you offer a unique contribution those are your vulnerabilities. I'm, I, this is not new material. I picked this up from Christ pursuing. (laughs) We, what I mean is like our vulnerability, our weakness, the places we've been wounded are the ways in which we, which we contribute, which we connect to each other. Look at every great piece of art. Every great piece of art is about some kind of pain that people went through and turned it into a gift like what happens? Mm. What happens at a at a show is mm. you see people sing, dance, talk about what it means to be here, you know, very exaggerated, but in a lovely way. And you leave, and you go, "I was transformed. I was transformed." So I think we can we can do that in show ways and in non show ways. It's just really we have to own our vulnerabilities, but see that that's in the that's the way that we uh, offer a contribution. Wow. Thoughts, queries, response responses. Um for- thoughts,
0: queries, responses. <laughs> um, I just am really I'm really um amazed at like the gift of death as you speak. <laughs> just like the mercy of God through death. Yeah. That every time things die, like you said, new eyes that we are resurrected over and over again. Yeah. To see things the way God sees it, to be like we are given through death and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, just really good words. <laughs> really good. Well, words. I love that. You're <laughs> like, this is a new material. Like this is literally the life of Christ, but, um, just hearing yeah. you be able to, I don't know, speak, um, speak about it and how the Lord has revealed that it to you is
1: let's take it really tangibly. And yeah. I'll just share from my own life is like, uh, one of one of the things I frustrate over is that I feel like I'm getting a late start. I didn't start understanding. Look, I didn't go to high school where there was a theater department. If there probably was, it would have maybe changed my life. But I started getting in touch with my, at, like at 40, I was like, I think I'm much more of a performing artist. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Cause I don't want to do abstract work and I don't want to get naked in front of people. So I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I think I need to start pursuing this. But at that time I had like, I had kids young kids and stuff. So here are my particular vulnerabilities. I have a very successful wife in what she does. Um, So, and we have three children and and a toddler today, yesterday and today are my full days with kids. I just, I'm in charge of the house, laundry, entertainment, feeding, pooping and peeing, wiping all the things. Um, So as a person who wants to tour and keep a career alive, I have some very, I have some vulnerabilities. I have some weaknesses and limitations. Um, So when I'm scheduling things, I'm just like, I can maybe do two or three things a month, maybe tops three, Mm. two, mostly two. Uh, And those are going to be on like Thursdays, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because I'm not, I'm not at a spot in my life where I can be like, let's do this for three months or whatever, you know, like that's just not, and I'm okay with that. Because also life isn't all about working. It's like that when you have young kids and you go to a grocery store, um, older adults come to you and it will be like, this is a great age. And it goes so fast. And you're like, thanks. Can you babysit? Because I'm exhausted. <laughs> no, but what they're saying is like, and after a hundred times, you're like, maybe this is a really fun time. And maybe this goes really quickly, meaning maybe in like a year or two, everything will be different, which I know is true because I have older ones. And I know once Jones is like five, it's going to be like so dramatically different. So I don't want to, there's a part of me that's like, I want to pursue something, but I don't want to miss out on something. So how do those weaknesses and limitations affect how I do things? I have to make real specific choices about how I do stuff. You know what I'm saying? So those are like that's how it practically gets implemented is like I have weaknesses and limitations, but I still, so I have to have those unique conversations about how I want to d- do those things. So yeah. that's what I find myself in. And it's not yeah. like a, it's not an easy solution. It's just something I have to stumble along. My wife is, she's going to a thing this morning. She's like, I might have to do this thing. You might have to cancel that show, but I don't know yet until Friday. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. You know, it's just like, yeah. It's a work in progress.
0: Yeah. And we don't, there's no like shame in that, that that's actually like, no, that's part of the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, Scott, I'm really encouraged by our conversation today and I would love for you to share with the listeners so that they can find out more um, about how to access your art and your tour and your book. Where can they connect with you online?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Scott the Painter on all the socials. Love it. And uh, so you can find me there. I'm most active on Instagram. I'm scottericksonart.com is where mm. all things live. And I have a robust print shop if you need art for your walls. And uh, slowly touring the nation in 2022. Exciting. Uh, <laughs> hope I've been trying to make it to New York, maybe in the fall. So if you're there, I'd love for you yeah, to show please up for come. It. I yeah, would work- love it. Yeah. I'm working with some friends to 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 get a venue down. Wow, awesome. It's just, it's just as you can imagine, it's endlessly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's been en- it's been the most uh, get this. A pandemic is the most complicated time of the year to or the, of our lives to try to wow. put stuff together. Yeah, Scott,
0: so. I go to Church of the City, New York. I don't okay. know if you've heard of that church, or um Pastor John Tyson. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: I we Our church does a really, a really intentional job of um, engaging artists in the Mm. church community. And we do something continuously or like regularly called the Renaissance night where they engage like painters, dancers, actors. It's all around just like storytelling. And um, yeah, it's really, really cool. And I think, well, one, I feel like they would let you use the church. um, Yeah for an event. If that was something you're interested in, I can connect you to that'd be great. Um yeah,
1: let's someone do at that. the church. And then the
0: person who's in charge of Renaissance Night, I bet would love to talk to you if there's there may be something um, that overlaps with when you come to the city or I don't know. Yeah. I'll yeah. connect you just for fun. Okay. Okay.
1: I love it. Look at this. Yay. yay. Awesome. Yeah.
0: New York and space and it's all a miracle. Real estate's a miracle. Everything's it's a miracle all, in New York.
1: It's all a miracle. That's It really is. Thing. Like
0: how we even move about in New York is like a miracle and not die. Yes.
1: yes. That's so funny. Oh, um, um, great.
0: Well, um, well it
1: has been great talking to you. Thanks for being a great host and, um, having you me too.
0: Thank you so much, um, yeah. for taking yeah. time and for coming on the podcast. I, just really appreciate your voice and your art and everything you're doing
1: thank you and jones love being a part of it too
0: jones thank you for joining <laughs> us uh, um can i just thank god can i take a moment of Absolutely. Um, prayer Let's to close it. us out yeah okay god we just thank you lord we thank you for all that um you do for us all that you are uh, all the creative capacities that you've given us We thank you for the listeners and um, their creativity and just all that you're doing through their lives. And I loved how um, Scott said the loves that they have. God, you are so kind and generous to put loves on our heart and in our lives. And um, we just pray that they would continue to just share those gifts and bring beauty to the world um, in freedom that you've given us. Lord bless Scott and bless the work he's going to do and bring him to New York city (laughs) soon. Uh, in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen. And amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening friend. What a delight it is to be back on the podcast with you each week. I've missed being here with you all. And I consider it a privilege to have an hour of your time. So thank you for joining me for the journey. I want to leave you with a verse to encourage you this week. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I want to share with you that I'll now be posting about Living in the Light with Laura Lee on Instagram at Rise Women. So be sure and give us a follow so we can stay connected online throughout the week. If you want to keep up with me personally and hear updates from my life and thoughts and reflections from my journey, you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Lee Turner. Know that you can always send me an email if you have anything at all on your mind that you want to share. I love hearing from you. You can connect with me at my email, Laura Lee at risecollectivewomen.com. I want to give a special thank you to Colleen Bruton for editing the podcast and Mike Stapleton and Helen Kemeny for the original music heard on the show. As always, go enlighten and love, friend, and I will talk to you next week.